This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Yes, indeed. Marco Flalo and Mitchell Whitfield at Your Tech Report on Twitter. If you want to follow us on Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Of course, contact at yourtechreport.com. That email address is especially important this week, Mitchell, because we have had numerous requests to replay some of our interviews that we did during CES or just right after CES. And today we're going to give in to those demands. We are going to give those people what they want. Well, isn't that, isn't that kind of what we're here for? Aren't we here to give in to the demands of our listeners? Because that's yes. what makes them come back, getting the content and the interviews and the pieces they want. So, you know, demand away. We're here, we're here to serve you, your humble tech servants. So this week on the show, we are going to give you a great taste of RDO's Anthony Bay. And we are going to talk to Ray Watkins from Alienware for a couple of reasons, one of which was, of course, all their post-CES announcements, including Dell announcements. But we're also going to give you the full hands-on review of the Area 51, this computer that you need a forklift to kind of get on your desk. Yeah, a forklift or at least a a decent weightlifting belt. But uh, it is something pretty special. So you're going to want to stay tuned in to listen to this review. It's a beast of a machine. It is a beast of the machine. So let's kick off the show, really, with, uh, I guess, the biggest news of the week really is Apple's announcement of this spring forward event. Obviously a play on the whole time changing thing. So Mm -hmm. we we, we expect to uh, get, uh, I guess, some more information about this Apple Watch, including hopefully a release date, maybe some pre-orders sometime soon. That is slated for March the 9th. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, we've all been waiting for this. We've been hearing lots of rumors. I believe on last week's show, we talked about, you know, what we've been hearing in terms of price point. We know the Apple Watch is going to start at $349, but with two different sizes and three different versions, no one is sure what the pricing is going to be beyond maybe the smallest size of the sport model. Is there going to be a price differentiation between the smaller size and the larger size? A lot of questions. But Mark, The biggest question that I have is, and now the biggest sort of, you know, uh, the thing that everyone is sort of, you know, debating, what in addition to Apple Watch is Apple going to reveal at this March 9th event? Because we're hearing... Why do they have to reveal anything? uh, You know, they will. You know, they will. (laughs) You know, 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 obviously we're going to get the Apple Watch. We're going to get pricing, release date, and different models, all that stuff. But we're also hearing that we're going to hear about the the Pro, uh, the iPad Pro, the larger size iPad, perhaps a larger size MacBook Air with a Retina display. Maybe they'll be phasing out the 11 inch. We don't know. And we're hearing rumors, although we don't like to talk rumors too much, Mark. We're hearing about possibly some new Apple TV hardware, which I believe yeah, it's I been three years, that. three years since they refreshed that. You, so, know, you know what? My expectations when it comes to these Apple media events um, right. are very low. They set really, them low. Yeah, I have to set them low because I, if I set them too too high, then I'm going to get too annoyed. Quite honestly, I expect a lot of information on the Apple Watch. I, we're going to get a you know the regular State of the Union from Apple and what the industry's like and all the fun yes. things they're doing for the environment. But I yep. don't think we're going to see. I don't honestly don't think we're going to see other than maybe a couple processor refreshes on some MacBooks. I don't think we're going to see anything new other than the Apple Watch. I really. All right, don't, I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. Let's move on. I'm good. I don't, I'm okay. good with Apple. Then. So yeah. more Apple news. Apple officially Apple, opens. Of I work for iCloud. Uh, so basically, you do not. Not need 
an Apple device if you want to use iWork, which is their productivity suite, which is very cool. Just go to iCloud.com and you can do that now. It has been in beta form for a while, but now it's open to the public if you want to try that out. And I encourage you to. I was going to say, Mark and I can both tell you from experience. I know there's this idea that it's a watered down experience compared to Microsoft. That is exa- that is not true. I think if you start out just using Pages and see exactly what Apple offers in terms of it just in just the Pages, which is of course uh, you know their their version of Word, but I think in in many ways it offers things that Word did not. And I'm a huge Pages fan, so it's definitely a suite of products worth trying. Absolutely. Mitchell, this week we saw, you know, we've been seeing this emergence of various smartwatches in various shapes and forms. Yes. The big one this week, Mitchell, was the announcement of the next generation Pebble smartwatch. Pebble really is the first quote-unquote smartwatch, the one that got all this attention. It blew records on Kickstarter. They went back to Kickstarter for this one, which was kind of strange. And getting, interesting, right? Well, it's interesting because they're getting a lot of mixed reviews because they have their own storefront. They have money. They have seed funding. Why go back to something like Kickstarter to to launch a new product like this? And 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 they blew their... I mean, they, they, they wanted a $500,000 goal. They're already at $11,000. So they knew they were going to blow it up. Well, not not eleven thousand dollars. There is eleven million. What am I saying? That's well, I think you just answered your own question. Why go back to Kickstarter? Number one, I think it was a crowdfunded project to begin with. They wanted to go back to their crowdfunding community and go back to their roots. But I think, as you said, within twenty four hours, I believe I called you within twenty four hours of their Kickstarter going up for the new color watches and the new display and everything. The five hundred thousand dollar goal was at six million dollars after a day. So that lets you know there's still four weeks to go for this Kickstarter campaign. I don't know how far it's going to go, but you know, obviously they have the technology in place. The question is, Mark, what's going to happen once the Apple Watch comes out? As far above the original Pebble this new version is, is it going to be enough to compete? The only thing is, the nice part is, it's a cross-platform watch. It can be used with either Android or iOS, and that's the advantage that they have. BlackBerry Classic is now available from Verizon, so if you are on the U.S. side of the border and you want to play with that device, you can get it from Verizon. Interesting uh, kind of addition there. Uh, Google is rumored to introduce Android Pay. That's a clever name. I wonder what that's all about. <laughs> <laughs> is it competing with maybe Apple Pay? Is it yeah, a new way of paying a- with your phone on a new platform, a platform that's been unified now, right? You know, we get to a point sometimes where it's just a given that companies are going to have to do certain things because other people do it. And uh, I guess this whole Google and Apple kind of rivalry is one of those things where you know that when one of them does something, the other one's going to have to follow suit just to try and compete or to at least level the playing field. And that's what we're hearing Android Pay is all about. Absolutely. You know, I just want to take things in a different direction real quick. I know we have a lot to cover, but one thing that I didn't talk about that I wanted to talk about was Microsoft had an interesting announcement this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a game that they've been talking about that is coming out this year called Fable Legends. Of course, you know, if you look at Lionhead Studios back in the day, uh, Peter Molyneux with the original Fable, you had Fable 1, Fable 2, Fable 3. Fable Legends is more of a multiplayer game, a, a, a dungeon design, and, you know, four, four adventurers go in, one bad guy is setting up all the obstacles for those adventures a really cool concept they just announced that fable legends is now a free to play game this is big news of course they're going to be offering some in-game purchases but nothing in the game will be unavailable I mean, you can access anything you want without having to pay a penny you earn in-game silver that lets you buy characters you can buy gold that lets you buy characters either way you'll be able to play with multiple characters they're rotating the four main heroes over a period of time they're going to change out the four heroes that you can use 
use and buy them accordingly, but you get to save all your stats from all of them. Really cool concept. The game is coming out in a little bit. Not too, we're not too far off from the release date, but big news that a game that everyone was looking forward to buying is now doing the free-to-play model. Bravo, Microsoft. We only have about a minute left in the news, Mitchell, because we want to get to the CES flashbacks, but we have to touch upon net neutrality, which was voted in by the FCC this past week. Basically, it turns the internet into utility, which means that people cannot, uh, you, you cannot throttle things. You cannot slow things down. It's just like electricity and just like anything else is. It's a, it's a, it's a commodity or it's a, it's a service that we need. It's essential. I mean, what's your take? Uh, my take is, first of all, it's kind of a misunderstood concept, but I think you explained it very well. Uh, net neutrality is all about prioritization. It's about the big internet service providers, whether on the mobile end or the home ISPs, not being able to throttle down or save reserve bandwidth for big customers like Netflix to reserve streaming pathways for those bigger companies. I think it's an interesting, it's, it's sort of a yay and ooh model where it's a nice thing that it's going to be regulated. The downside is whenever something becomes government regulated, the first thing to die is innovation competition. Yeah. Competition dies first and then innovation goes not shortly after that. So yes, it's nice that we have a level playing field, but are we going to see the innovations on the on the mobile side of data? You know, it's not, it's, remember it's about prioritization, so everyone's got to be treated equally now. We will follow that and we will bring you our CES flashbacks right after the break. We will start with Ray Watkins from Alienware. Your tech report will be right back. Welcome back to your tech report. Mark Flatlow and Mitchell Whitfield, as promised before the break, we're going to flash back to CES 2015 with Ray Watkins from Alienware. Now, back to your tech report. It's your tech report. I'm Marco Flalo. He is Mitchell Whitfield. We are talking everything CES, which uh, wrapped up in Las Vegas this past week. Mitchell, one of the brands that we want to pay attention to because they're a personal favorite of yours, a personal favorite of mine, is Alienware. Now, we know the company is, is owned by Dell, but they operate as a separate entity, and they had some really cool announcements, didn't they? Oh, they, they had some really cool announcements. Just in general, I mean, we've been such fans of their product line for years now. We actually use Alienware computers here for the show. So who better to talk Alienware than their technical marketing manager, Ray Watkins. Ray, thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Mitchell. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Of course, now, now listen, I know we have a lot of CES stuff to talk about. There's some cool announcements, that laptop line. I mean, we're all excited about that. But before we start about the CES stuff... I want to talk really briefly and get an update on the Alienware Alpha. Now, this is one of our favorite products that we've tested in a long time, and I really think it's the first time that a company, and I'm glad that it happened from Alienware, that a company really nailed a PC gaming console. So for those that don't know, and for those that didn't listen to our glowing review, could you just give people an idea of what the Alienware Alpha is all about and what kind of response you guys have gotten so far? Well, the Alienware Alpha is all about one simple thing, uh, bringing PC gaming to your living room. Uh, that should sum it up pretty easily. And, and we've done it in a pretty cool way. We have a, a console mode for the people who want to keep it simple and, be, and follow more console game-like uh, scenarios. But you can also set it up in desktop mode, which is what's pretty awesome about it, is that it's, it's more versatile than your average console. In desktop mode with a, a wireless mouse and keyboard, anything a PC can do, you can do in, in, in your desktop mode. Um, including Steam games, EA games, you name it, it's all there. Uh, microphones, speakers, to your heart's content. Uh, we don't limit you on any of it. 
And the really cool thing about this is it really addresses the one issue that traditional console gamers have had, which PC gamers always tease them about, which is, yeah, yeah, you have a console, you can be in the living room, but, you know, as a PC gamer, we get to upgrade. We get to upgrade our PCs. But this really is is the first time that any console owner can actually upgrade their console. Yes, it's a PC console, but you can upgrade. You can upgrade uh, your RAM. You can upgrade the processor. So really... It has a long it has a long life. You could really upgrade this for for years to come, right? Absolutely, and I mean, not just upgradeability. Um, the the console cycle is an average of five to seven years. We're a PC cycle, right? So you know, at some point in the future, uh, there will be refreshes. There will be uh, upgrade components. But one of the best parts about it is that because everything's in the cloud on this uh, through Steam, we have full backwards compatibility. Um, the consoles don't don't tout that because they don't have that today. If your favorite game, Mitchell, and you and I have talked about this, that we play a year ago um, is able to be brought to the living room, uh, it changes the experience altogether. Um, so whereas if you're already a PC gamer and you have a library of 10, 20, 100 games, all those games are fresh and new to you all over again, um, along with all the new titles that are coming. So again, it's, it's all about giving you all of your stuff in one central location and, and bringing that, that bridge between console and PC um, and gameplay. Um, you, you know, we're all about fun around here. That's what we do. We engineer fun. Um, <laughs> we love that. So that's one of the things that we want to make sure that, that we do is that we, we, we bring that experience. Usually gamers, um, let me rephrase that, typically gamers are used to being trapped uh, in what we like to call the three-foot experience, mouse, keyboard, three feet from your monitor. Right, exactly. And games look great. Um, and the experience is different. But man, kicking back on your couch, putting your feet up, there's a reason why the consoles have done so well over the decades, and that's because of that experience. But PCs have you know, a greater capability, much more versatility. Um, and, and to be able to bring that into the living room with the ease of use, um, you know, it, it's pretty remarkable, especially considering that you don't need a mouse and keyboard if you don't want um, you have your, your controller that gets you by with pretty much everything you need on a day-to-day basis. Right. I, I mean, I can't, I can't talk about this enough. I love this product. I use it on a daily basis. Oh, you know, you know what? You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to convince us, right? Because you know what? We have different barometers for what makes a great product. And my, bar- my personal barometer is, and, and Ray, Ray and I have known each other for a little while. We started getting to know each other doing this, doing our website first, and then this show. So Ray and I talk outside of the show, like Mark and I talk outside of the show. So my barometer, my gauge for a great product is when I'm done with my work for the day, whether it's recording here, recording this show, doing other stuff. If I'm in my own family time and I shoot Ray a text, Mark, and I'll say, and I'll just shoot him an email or call him and say, dude, I just finished playing Half-Life 2 on my on my new Alpha and it looks brand new. It looks amazing. I'm getting it. So if I'm talking about a product after hours and if, I, if Ray and I are geeking out after hours, you know it's something that he's excited about making and that I'm so excited about using. So to me, that is the gauge for a great product. That, that's, my personal, that's my personal metric for what makes a great kit. I, I agree with you 100%, Mitchell. Okay, now, all right, so now let's, let's move on. Mark... I, I think you wanted to ask because I know we have some they had some great announcements so I will I will shoot over to you and let you milk Ray for all of his insight when it comes to their CES announcement. Okay, t- tell me what is what is the thing that excites you the most from CES? Yes. yes. Oh man, there, there's so much. Um, I'll speak on our portfolio. Um, the Dell Alienware teams had some huge announcements at CES. Um, the, the big ones that, that really stand out to me personally are the new venue, uh, seven, eight, the Venue 8 7000 series. 
thinner than an Apple iPad. It's got the, it's got Intel inside. I mean, it's great battery life. All in all, it's it's one of the most well-rounded, lightest, thinnest uh, tablets on the market today. Um, and then moving over to the other team that we work with closely, the XPS team. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to stop by and take a look at the XPS 13, but again, um, smaller than a MacBook Air. Uh, it's got some serious horsepower, uh, extreme battery life. I believe we're touting 16, 17 hours of battery life on the product. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we have up to 4K resolution, standard 1080p at the base. I mean, the, the thing is a, 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 a badass little box, if I can say it that way. <laughs> um, oh, you can. But then we have our bigger boys. And, and this is where we're coming back into the Alienware realm. And, you know, we tease Mitch because he wants to know everything all the time, and we can't tell him. Um, <laughs> our 15 and 17. Um, so our full notebook lineup has now been released. Uh, we, no- we now tout the Alienware 13, the 15, and the 17, along with our Alienware graphics amplifier that hooks up to all three notebooks. Yeah, and for people that don't know about the – do you know about the graphics amplifier, Murphy? This is like a brilliant – it's brilliant. And for our listeners that don't know, basically it, it, it adds longevity to your to your laptop because it takes your video card and allows you to externally upgrade uh, through a small chassis. And you can upgrade your, your video card into this chassis then plug it into your laptop. Is this correct, Ray? Absolutely. And then basically your laptop uses this external card as its card, right? I agreed. And what happens is we actually uh, – through some nifty engineering and, and, and some creativity. The way that it works is when you're hooked up to the amplifier and you reboot using the whatever graphics card you install, and here's the best right. part. You can use AMD or NVIDIA graphics. It's your choice. We don't limit you. And you can use any graphics wow. card in there that you want that, that uh, up to a, a Titan Black. Now, the great part about it is we're able to trick the laptops into believing that the graphics card that's external is actually in the notebook. So, so you <laughs> can actually amazing. push the graphics horsepower back to the LCD panel of the notebook, or you can push it to an external display. Now, the killer part is, to, if you buy a brand new laptop today from us, you probably have the, the horsepower for gaming um, at, at a really high level, but there are people out there that always want more. Um, and, and this is the opportunity for them. What I've seen a lot of people do is buying, um, you know, more mid-range, lower cards because they want more portability and battery life. Right. Right. And then they, they'll buy the graphics stock with an NVIDIA 980 or something really high-end. So when they get home and they plug the graphics amplifier in, they're getting those extreme frame rates. Um, That's insane. The other great part is, let's say you don't want it today. Let's say you buy a, a, one of our 15 notebooks with a 980 in it today. You don't really need much more than that. We, we're not going to pretend that you do, but... And a year from now, you know, in six months from now, whenever the next graphics card refresh comes out, maybe you want to get in that extra horsepower um, and you have that capability. So, again, I mean, the, the most important thing about gaming is graphics. And, and what we've done is we've given you legs for much longer than uh, notebook graphics can typically offer. Well, and, and that's where I was going to where I was going to go next was Alienware is known for giving you portable graphics power on the go if you look at the 50 and the 17 number number one the price points are, are insane they started at 1199 and 1499 for the 17 you can have those expanded graphics when you get home but when you're on the road it's not like you're really compromising you still have incredible graphics power and gaming power on the go but i think one of one of the big things this year is also the weight on on these two the 50 and the 17 
has dropped dramatically, hasn't it? You know, we've thinned them out quite a bit. Um, most, first and foremost, you'll notice we no longer have optical drives. Um, Who needs them? That's the whole thing. <laughs> um, we're, we're all cloud-based, and, and the way that we look at it, if you really need an optical drive, there are USB 3 versions out there for 30 and 40 bucks. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I don't think I've used an optical drive outside of um, the Blu-ray player in my living room in at least four or five years. Yeah, I'm the same way. So, I'm exactly the same. Uh, by taking that out, thinning it out, um, we're able to give more portability. Um, and you were talking about portable power and, and desktop power when it comes to the amplifier. I'm going to give you guys a story because I like telling <laughs> stories. We love stories. I'm actually using our 13 as my daily driver. It goes everywhere with me. Okay. Um, even when I was supposed to be keeping it a secret, I was, I was toting it around in my book bag and going from uh, <laughs> different uh, press events and launch events and all over the place with it. It's, it, it's phenomenal. Um, the battery life is incredible, but I'm still able to play my games because it has an 860M graphics card in it. You know, I, I was playing Tomb Raider. I was doing some, some Steam testing, controller testing. Um, but with Windows 8 and being able to switch into airplane mode and, and cut my settings, I was able to watch HD right. movies on my flight um, from Miami to L.A., which was, was pretty remarkable. Um, and then when I got home, I'm able to throw it up on my amplifier, and I was playing Borderlands the prequel at max settings, pretty much. Oh, man. That's so cool. Excuse me, the pre-sequel. I don't want to be told uh, <laughs> for that one. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things we love about your company, one of the things we love about Alienware is, there, and this is the biggest compliment I think we can give to a company, whether it's a tech company or just a, a standard business, is you can tell by the products that come out that the people that design these products, everyone that's part of the team, yourself included, Ray, there's a passion there for gaming. There's a passion for making things that you as a gamer would want to play with. So, And I think that really does come through in the product line, whether it's you know the new 15 or 17, uh, the new tablet you were just talking about at CES that was talked about, any of these, they really Really reek of the products that you guys make reek of people that are being a part of these teams loving what they do and Absolutely. I think that comes through to the consumer end too I, I really hope it does because I mean like we were joked about earlier all the new stuff hiding in my backpack um, <laughs> there's, there's a reason for that you know right um, the way that I feel about it is we design for our customers to have the best experience and everything else but in the end um, I think one of the major questions that we always have to ask ourselves when we're building these is what do I want? Right. You know, what, what, what do I want to carry around? What do I want to play with? What, what, what images impress me? What ID impresses me? You know, are we going too gaudy? Are we going too modest? You know, there's, I'm from Miami, guys, so there's a word that we like to throw around often down here, which is, you know, Alienware likes to make sure that our products are performing well but have swagger. Oh, there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ray, I'm, I'm going to be in Miami in about three weeks, so any shipments destined for Mitchell may be diverted. <laughs> oh, my. What are you coming down to Miami for? Vacation. Oh. Vacation. I need to get away. After CES, and then I also do a lot with the NHL, I'll be at the All-Star Game in Columbus. I'm, I'm just coming down for four days. To Ray, I'll, just, I'll make it easy for you. He showed me he, sent me, a, he sent me a snapshot of his thermostat yesterday, minus 25. It was 80 degrees in California. It was minus 25 in Montreal. It was, yeah, it was, it was 82 normal. in Breezy in Miami yesterday. <laughs> oh, Lord. Ray Watkins from Alienware, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. Great guys. announcement at CES. We're going to have you on much more. Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Ray Watkins from Alienware back at uh, 
our CES coverage this past year, just a, just a couple of months ago. It's Mark Aflalo, Mitchell Whitfield with you on your check report. We have one more CES flashback when we come back right after the break. So stick around for more Your Tech Report. Your Tech Report will be right back. This is Your Tech Report. As we flash back to CES, this is one of our favorites. And apparently you guys agreed because you wanted to hear it again. It's our exclusive interview with Anthony Bay of RDO back at CES 2015 this past January. It's your tech report, Mark Aflalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you talking all about CES and big announcements out of CES on many platforms. Car car audio and car tech is one of those things that really took front and center. But I, I wanted to focus in on a specific service, and that's RDO. It's a social streaming media service, and I'll let the CEO of the company explain exactly what it is. But I have to tell you who we're talking to, Mitchell, here. We're not just talking to any company. We're talking to a specific person who has come with with credits such as Apple, such as Microsoft, right. um, such as Amazon. So Hugely impressive resume. Needless to say, a huge resume. Yeah, I feel very short right now, even though I am. <laughs> On the phone with us, um, Anthony Bay, CEO at RDO. Anthony, how are you? I'm doing very well, sir. Thank you very much. Tell me something. How on earth from all... I know that the background is obviously in media in all these different companies that you've worked with, and it goes back quite a while. How did you land in this spot at RDO? I, uh, before RDO, I was running Amazon's digital video business, so Amazon Prime Video and uh, the transactional business. And I had, over the course of the last 20 years, I've been very involved in digital media starting at Microsoft, where, you know, frankly, getting things to stream was the big challenge. You know, people, I think most people don't realize the Internet was actually designed to um, not support streaming. And so you, you break everything up into little bits and send them through routers all over the place and then try to put them back together. So you know, everybody thought it was pretty exciting that you could actually get something to stream. And so from that evolution, you know, to this is, is, is really part of a journey. And in all the different jobs I've been in over the last 20 years, it, it's really involved that. So this, this is, I think, one of the most exciting times to be in the music business in, in some really basic ways. For the first time really in history, it's possible to take all the world's recorded music and make it available to people yeah. anywhere they are, anytime, yeah. uh, in, in, in any country, and to make that very personalized to them. So it really is... It really is remarkable. In a lot of ways, it's very similar to what happened, you know, with the web, you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago, where all of a sudden you could access all this information. So now that the convergence of all these things, all the different devices that are coming out that are available that that can stream, as well as the ability to get the rights, makes this makes this frankly an amazing moment. So I'm pretty excited. Mitchell and my background is is. Audio. We are broadcasters at heart. We worked in the radio business and the voiceover world. So you get a, spe- a special kind of respect from us when you go from a digital video world to focus on audio because it shows that you understand the importance of audio in our world, and a lot of people don't get that. So, so kudos to you on that for sure. All right, well, thanks. Well, look, it's, I think every human being on the planet with maybe two or three exceptions who are out of range <laughs> listen to radio yeah. listen to radio radio is as close to a universal medium as we have on the planet so it's it's pretty important so tell me about the announcement specifically at CES this year these are some really cool partnerships that help expand your brand yes uh, thanks for asking so we we are focused on at, at the highest level a vision of 
making every song ever recorded available on any device anywhere in the world instantly tuned to each individual listener, each individual person. So what we announced at CES is a continuation of that mission. We announced a number of things with connected home audio to allow you to stream audio in your home. Um, we announced some TV partnerships, and we announced auto partnerships. So it's home devices, mobile devices, um, a pretty broad, pretty broad range of partners. Uh, what I was going to ask you, Anthony, is uh, how, how important do you see the car audio part of your business? And I'm asking that because it seems that the industry, and I'm talking not just larger than streaming and audio streaming and social media, but the tech industry in general has put so much focus on the home and being mobile on your person when you're walking and you're out and about that I almost feel like the automobile is still that wild, unclaimed frontier that's been dominated by, and you know we air on Sirius XM as well, by Sirius XM and HD radio. So there's still this wild frontier that's available in the car that I think is untapped. So how important is that business to your business? Well, you all are in the radio business, so you know the, the percentage of radio listening that happens in, in vehicles is extremely high. I don't offhand know exactly the percentage, uh, but it is, a, you know, anywhere in the world, uh, listening in cars is one of the highest uses of radio. And and music as well. Historically, it's been cassettes or CDs, or people plug in an iPod or, or a USB drive. But listening in cars is is a high percentage of overall usage. And there actually is a lot of emphasis on making it work in cars, really in two ways. The the simplest one is Bluetooth or an auxiliary cable. You know, you plug in your phone or you plug in. Pretty much today, it's a phone. Right. Or you or you stream via Bluetooth. You know, the challenge with that is, you know, it's dangerous. It's just as dangerous as texting. You know, when you're trying to pick a song to play on your phone while you're driving, yeah. it's not very safe. So the good news is, I would say close to 100% of current vehicles allow you to connect your phone and, and play, but, but they don't do it in, in an integrated and safe way. So the current generation of work is really all around integrating into cars. And I think you will see, you saw at CES this year, you, a remarkable emphasis by car companies and all of the related parties that are involved in that business on entertainment systems and information systems in cars. So it's it's not that, and it's really only a few years um, back where cars started to be a big part of CES. There's a whole a whole big part of CES that's just about cars. That's the right. challenge with cars is the life cycles and the development and the, just the process make it much longer lead time. You know, new, new TV models come out all the time, but the planning for the 2017 vehicles yeah. is happening now. And so it takes a while to happen. You look even at Sirius, the number of years it took before Sirius got integrated into cars. It was, it was for a long time that Sirius was an aftermarket thing. And then at one point, sometime in the last few years, Sirius was pretty much integrated in the dash of, of almost every vehicle in North America. Yeah, it was almost and, a pivot. You know, aftermarket kind of became a secondary thing that it kind of honestly doesn't even exist much these days. It doesn't even exist much. Yeah. And, and that pivot is what made, if you look at the history of Sirius and you look at the growth, when basically you had AM, FM, you know, HD as a variant of that, but AM, you know, AM FM and Sirius on your dash, then... It just became another choice, and people it was a level playing field, um, and Sirius could then could then compete for listening in that sense. And the same thing is happening with digital entertainment streaming. 
you, you, you see those vehicles today and they're starting to ship now. There's in certain, you know, certain cars are out already where it's the next generation of that. It's, you know, it's AM, FM, in North America at least, Sirius, although Sirius is only in North America, AM, FM, um, Sirius, and then other choices. So we, when the world is AM, FM, Sirius, RDO, there you what, go. <laughs> what will the, well, that's the, that was the point of the Bosch relationship. Yeah. It's already that way in, uh, in Tesla vehicles outside the United States and Volvo vehicles where it's integrated into the dash in that way. So that's the, that's the big change that will happen is all, these, all the other services will be integrated um, in some form or another. But it still, takes, it still takes a lot of work on our part to figure out what is the right user experience in a car. It's not the same. And, and so you have to figure out what that is. And a lot of our work, the thing we announced with Bosch was taking the opportunity to figure out what is a reference design of a streaming music service in a vehicle. How do you, what matters? Because the navigation is clearly different when you're driving than when you're on your phone or when you're in front of a TV. And so we've, we focused a lot on that, and, and that was why we were excited about Bosch. We our our show specifically airs also on a on a network called Accessible Media, which is designed to distribute audio to people with visual impairments. So the importance of services like your like audio is is immense, and and it's known especially in our, in in that niche market. What I kind of want you to put your sales hat on here for a second because that one of the unique things about audio is that. Without paying a penny, you're still giving people access to stations. So these are, I'm assuming, curated playlists in different genres. So you're you're still you really you you recognize that this music should be available to the world just like other radio stations do. And kudos to that. So what is for that fee, that monthly fee? What is that unique selling proposition? Sure. So RDO started out as a subscription-only service. Uh, $10 a month in the U.S., uh, a little more in Canada historically, although we've recently lowered it. And about four months ago, we actually launched at the Toronto Film Festival. We launched an Internet radio experience. So in Canada, you don't have Pandora. Pandora is only available in the United States. But that model of computer-generated stations, you, you know, you, you tell us an artist, uh, you tell us a song, and we make a station out of that. So, you know, you can have a, you know, a Taylor Swift station. And, or if you like country, you can have a Blake Shelton station. So that, that if you will, customized radio has been the radio revolution in a lot of ways in, in, um, after, after Sirius's revolution, is that personalized radio. And up until four months ago, you had to be a subscriber to be able to get radio from RDO um, and as part of the full subscription. What we did is we introduced a free... Uh, free to the user, internet radio service. So it is similar to Pandora. If you will, it's a combination of both curated stations. We create stations. We have, we have programmers here that create stations, uh, and most of our top stations, frankly, turn out to be those. We also offer the, the algorithmic computer-generated stations. So it's a very, very rich set of choices for people because, you know, if you look, if you look at the radio market, the radio market – is dominated by ad supported but free to the user. Yeah. Sirius, you know, Sirius is a great is a great experience, but it's a tiny fraction of the total of the total listening population. And that so therefore it's really the same idea is we think there's a very broad audience, which frankly at some point is everyone, uh, who will be interested in this. Not in necessarily instead of, but in addition to. We think that what we do adds to the radio experience. It's another form of radio. 
you will. And and in the same sense, people who listen to Sirius generally don't only listen to Sirius. They if, even if they pay for it, they have multiple. So that's kind of step one. But what that doesn't give you, just the way the license agreement works, uh, is if you will, radio is an experience where you pick what station you listen to, but you don't control the programming on the station. Yeah. Right. Um, on demand, if you will, a subscription service in our world, in, in the streaming and, and download world we're in, you do pick what you want to listen to. I can listen to any song. I can listen to any album. I can make a playlist of anything I want. I can follow other people, listen to what they're listening. I have complete 100% control over a 35 million song library. The simple way to explain it to people is you have everything on iTunes you know, for $10 a month. And you have access to that whole library in any way you want. You can dive as deep as you want and listen. So those really are the two things. The, the free version is, and our free version, unlike other people's free versions, are some of our competitors, will work in cars and does work in homes. And it because it's radio. And radio, for the most part, the music industry thinks of as promotional. So those are the choices. If you want to listen to a, a, a great radio experience, different than the classic type radio, but still that radio idea, and you're willing to hear ads, that's free. If you want to pick what you listen to and listen to without ads and download and listen offline, then you pay for that. And really, those are the two, those are the two choices. You know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, Anthony, I'm listening as someone, obviously, that, that's doing a radio show and we're interviewing you, but I'm also listening as a consumer. And this is kind of a powerful message that you're, that you're sending with, with RDO and what you're talking about, the future, because we, we've certainly become accustomed to digital devices in our daily life, whether it's your smartphone, your tablet, a connected home. And one of the things that these devices offer is customization. And when it comes to music, having the power on the consumer end to create a customizable experience for yourself, as far as we've come technology-wise, we haven't had that, at least in a, in a really succinct, great, smart package. So what you're offering is a really powerful tool and something great on the consumer end that we're sort of used to in other facets of our life that we should be getting in music, and RDO will allow us to have that. I'm going to sign you up, my friend. <laughs> no, you know, but you know what? It really is true because I think that's it's a model that we've become accustomed, but we yeah. haven't gotten it in the music world. And this is a huge thing. I think it's a huge thing. Yeah, and you know, you, you literally you said it. You know, at, at least as well as I could have. And that's well, if you go back to what I said in the beginning of the conversation. In a sense, that's why this is such an incredible time because over the next few years, that understanding is going to percolate down to people, and they're going to realize, right. wow, I can have this. And I can have it everywhere. And it knows. It not only knows who I am. It knows what I've been listening to, when I've been listening to it. Yeah. At some point, you know, we'll know you're at home. And what we suggest that you hear at night after work is going to be different than when you're driving. And but yet that, you know, it's our job in that universe of things that you listen on to know who you are, where you are, and what you want to listen to, and help you make that experience as great as possible, out of you know the world's library of music. And so that's. I agree with you. It's, I think it's incredibly exciting. And once people understand, you rarely find someone who goes back. I have not found a single person that I know of who started using a service like this and stopped. Anthony Bay, you are the CEO of RDO. I'm going to spell that for people just so they don't mess it up when they go sign up right now. RDIO.com. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you, guys. And you have a great day. Mitchell, we'll be back in just a couple seconds. There's more Your Tech Report after this. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. 
Marcus Lalo, Mitchell Whitfield with you. Your tech report. It is the end of a month. February is over. Lots of stuff to look forward to in March. Apple's big announcement next week, Mitchell. We just finished up those two CES flashbacks. Popular demand. We got emails and we got a couple of tweets at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. Of course, contact your tech report.com. That was our great interview with Anthony Bay from RDO. He was a really cool Absolutely. guy. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, let's not forget, Mitchell, Ray Watkins from Alienware. How, how can we possibly forget Ray Watkins? Ray Watkins has been supplying us with our digital crack <laughs> in the form of these fantastic <laughs> Alienware computers for years. There is no way that our fr- friend Ray will, will ever be forgotten. But you know what? It's actually kind of uh, perfect timing here because... Apropos, as they say. Apropos. Correct, monsieur. Uh, I am going to tell you now, we are going to be talking about the Area 51, which is Alienware's latest flagship gaming PC. And Mark, before I before I talk about anything, you know, sometimes I like to give analogies. It's, yeah, you know, we, we like to give analogies. Yeah. So here's the analogy I'm going to give you. And I want you to tell I want you to tell me if I'm really crazy out there with this particular analogy. So listen carefully. Here we go. I'm listening. Now, the average person and I'm not talking about, you know, this doesn't apply to everyone. The average person has never driven a Ferrari. Can we say that? Is, it, is that pretty, you know, pretty clear statement? That's a very... The average person yeah. does not get to drive a Ferrari in their lifetime. Not everyone has access to one or has a wealthy friend that drives one. Let's face it, I've never driven a Ferrari. I have lots of friends that are in, the, in Hollywood. That are, I've never driven one, okay? Now, because of that, for the most part, you've never driven a Ferrari. It's not that big a deal because you don't really know what you're missing. Like anything else, if you've never done it, you don't really know what you're missing. Now, here comes the problem, Mark. I think okay. you know where I'm going with yeah, this. Yeah, I think I do. Your friend gets a shiny new Ferrari. Aside from having serious car envy, he says, Hey, Mitchell, Mark, here are the keys. Take it around the block a few times. Just drive it for the day. No, okay. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> well, let's say, let's say you have the guts to actually do it because you're not worried about breaking anything on it, okay? You drive the car. You're like, holy bleep. This is amazing. Your friend takes the keys back. Hey, all right. Talk to you soon, man. You go home. <laughs> Your perfectly nice car that you've been great with for years, it's a beautiful car, suddenly seems like a turd. Nothing seems good enough. And now, now that you've driven the Ferrari, you are ruined for anything else, all because you have driven that Ferrari. Now, here's my analogy. So Ray Watkins, under the guise of being a friend of the show, and I'm using quotey fingers here, our friend of the show says, hey, Mitchell Mark, I'm going to send you the Area 51, perhaps the coolest, best gaming desktop ever designed by any company. Mm -hmm. Tell us what you think. And then he wants to take it away. No, 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 no. Now, here's the problem, okay? And now, of course, this is a this is a huge, expensive, beautiful machine. Of course, Ray, don't worry. Don't sweat it, dude. I'm sending it back to you. But once you have used a gaming rig like this, it kind of ruins you for anything else. Now, let me let me preface this by saying I have an you know an X51 desktop that I use from Alienware that I I love. It's extremely powerful. It's about the size of an Xbox, very compact, very powerful mark, and I've loved it, right? Yes. I play all my games. I review, I've reviewed all of my games on it. I've never had an issue. But if you're looking for the most powerful, if you're playing every game at ultra high resolution, ultra high settings, the top set, you need the most powerful rig you can get. If that's your game, if that's what you love, then the Area 51 mark, I, <laughs> I, I can't even begin to describe the power of this machine. Let's start off, of course, with the design. It's, it's something called the triad chassis that they've done here, okay? The Area 51 has sort of a triangular shape to it. Why did Alienware do this? Because they're geniuses. How many of us, we, first of all, hide our PCs? Although this PC you kind we of want people PCs. to see. They're all yeah, but this, this is one that's actually like a museum piece. You want people to see it. Yeah, but you but, know what? It's going to be on the floor regardless because you can't lift it to your desk. 
I did, and I think they're still searching for my body parts somewhere in the kitchen dining room area. My wife is, has a dustpan going. So they make this triangular design. Why, Mark? Because we always put it under our desk, yes. and we always push it up against the wall. What does that do? Well, the first thing that does is, is kill any of your cooling power, because as we know, the vents, the fans are sucking in air and trying to vent them. If it's against the wall, there's no, there's no space there for the fans yeah, no to do air. their job cooling. Yeah. But because of this triangular design, if you can imagine a triangle pushed up against the wall, it's still angled toward you, which means you still have a, a lot of clearance between the machine, between the Area 51 itself and your wall, so the cooling does, the machine does an excellent job of keeping cool. Now, this thing, I can't even call it, it's a creature. This Area 51 <laughs> is a beast of a machine, okay? The one they sent us, I, I, you're going to start laughing at the specs, has, I, I have to sort of read all these because it has an Intel Core i7 Extreme Overclocked Processor, okay? That just happens to be liquid cooled. You can get it without liquid cooling if you don't get the extreme. 16 gigabytes of RAM expandable to 32. 256 gigabyte solid state drive in addition to a 4 terabyte traditional platter hard drive. Okay. Okay. Yeah. As far as graphics go, we're not just talking one NVIDIA GTX 980, which is a beast of a, of a, of a graphics card. Yes. Just one of these graphics cards, Mark, for us, would power any of our games at top resolution. We'd never know anything was better than that. This one doesn't come with one. It doesn't come with two. It comes with three of these. So in effect, with all of these running in SLI, which is for those of you that don't know what SLI is for NVIDIA cards, it's basically having multiple cards run in tandem to give you extra power. These are three gigantic cards running in tandem that essentially give you 12K video power, powering four, three 4K monitors in full resolution, Mark. Oh, God. I can't even. I couldn't get this machine to stutter. I threw every game that I had at top resolution. <laughs> I could not get it to go below 97 frames per second at the slowest, which for many people is the fastest they'll ever see. Yeah. They'll ever see on a really nice computer. Uh, I, I I don't really know what to say except I've never played with a computer, Mark, or used a computer that had so much power at your disposal. I wasn't able. If if the computer can break a sweat, if we're going to give it human attributes, this guy was laughing at me the whole. Time time that I was gaming on it. And it was quiet. Now, here's what I don't understand. They make this beautiful design, okay? And you figure, okay, but it has to sacrifice something. It's a really cool design, really clever heating elements, right? The way that it opens up, the two sides pop off, so you have individual sides of the computer that you work with. One is dedicated to the hard drives, where you can put up to five drives, okay. any combination of solid yeah. state and platter. On the other side, you have your graphics cards, your processor access. The way they partition the interior of this machine is some stroke of genius because not only does it remain cool, it has to remain cool because I would know if it wasn't cool because the sound and the heat in the room would be enormous. I never got hot in the room gaming, and I know that sounds funny to people that aren't no, but used it's to true. With all that power, yeah. you have to cool that. Exactly. If you have a high-end PC, especially a gaming or yeah. if you're doing any graphics rendering, video editing, it generates heat in the room. It never got warm in the room, and I never heard a sound. And this thing is loaded with fans. It even has, you know, some of their Alienware Command Center software, Mark. It lets you monitor every system in your computer. It has multiple monitors throughout the chassis that will tell you individual fans how they're working. Are the individual fans slowing down? Are they, is, is anything overheating? Uh, no, nothing was ever overheating. Nothing was ever... Uh, setting off any alarms, and I had everything working to make sure to monitor every system. I've never used a, a machine like this. Now, 
here we are talking about how powerful it is. I gave you all the specs. I told you how quiet it was. It kept my room nice and cool. Even though in the wintertime, sometimes you'd like your computer to overheat. Yeah, of course. So you're thinking... At what cost? Well, first of all, they sent us the Mac Daddy unit. Ray, of course, hooked us up with the with the highest end version of this computer. I'll tell you what that you know goes for in a minute. Before I want, I don't want to give you sticker shock and have your jaw hit the floor. But this system starts off at sixteen ninety nine, one six nine nine, for a system like this. That's not bad. It's it the accessibility of it, even though it's on the way high end, and we're talking even at the base level, we're still talking about a fourth gen Intel Core i7 processor, the latest, great at power management, great at putting out power, eight gigabytes of memory, an AMD Radeon R9 270 with two gigs of GDR, you know, GDDR5 RAM. So it does come pretty loaded, even at sixteen ninety nine, and from that point, of course, you can add on to the extra memory, the Nvidia cards, you know, three GTX. I think for my particular model, we're talking well over five grand. So, okay. if you, <laughs> that's, but, that's so, surprising. Yeah, but I mean, if you do want to go there, if this is what you want to do, it add that you know the triple GTX you know nine eighties in SLI, you know the highest end with liquid cool. I mean, it, it gets up there to you know over five thousand dollars. But yeah, no, you don't need to spend five grand to make this a beast of a machine. And even at the sixteen ninety nine price point, you're getting a lot of power yeah. and the ability. To grow and have—that's the beautiful. That's the beauty part of having a great PC. The ability to grow as you need it to grow. You can always expand the RAM. You can always add the video cards. Yes, exactly. You can swap out the price, and they make the accessibility of this chassis. It even—they even have lights on the back, sort of. You know, you know. Well, you I, talk about. You know, your, I was going to ask you that question because Alienware yeah. specs aside, system right. design aside, they've always had this really cool use of LED lighting on their on their computers, whether it be their laptops. You can customize the colors. Does it have that same kind of attribute to this? Are you kidding me? We're talking okay, Alien okay, or Area okay. 51. You can customize the you-know-what out of it. It has LEDs all over it. So, yes, of course you can. Uh, but I, I just like the fact that also in the back, when you're working on the back of the machine, uh, trying to access stuff, it has lights so you can see. You don't need a flashlight to see everything. It's really it's really clever. So, again, the Area 51, uh, I thank Ray Watkins. I curse Ray Watkins at the same time equally for sending this to me because much like driving your friend's Ferrari, it kind Kind of ruins you for any other machine. <laughs> That's all I can say. But yeah, and of course uh, you can custom order that at Alienware.com, right? Alienware.com, absolutely. You go to the Dell.com. I tend to go, you know, Dell lets you access it as well. I always go to Alienware.com. I kind of, I kind of like the design ethic of their website. It makes it easier to order. Um, but you can go to either one. But yeah, you actually uh, can get this today. It is available today. And I warn you. Once you've used one, it's kind of hard to go back, although I still am looking forward to the new X51 small form factor PC. Ray, do you hear me? I'm looking forward to it. Mitchell, that's yes. all the time we have today. We're Jeez, done. I'm a talker. I'm a I know, yapper. you're a talker, but it's good. Yeah, I'm a yapper. Uh, check out the Area 51. I'm going to post some pictures on our Twitter account as well. There's some really cool uh, you know, things you can find online. Just, just search for Area 51 Alienware. That's fun. I want to thank, uh, again, thank Ray Watkins for that. And, of course, our CS flashback. So Ray Watkins was, was kind of on the show today, as was uh, Anthony Bay from RDO. Yeah, I, I, I know you want to thank uh, Ray, but I'm still a little angry at him. But, yeah, <laughs> thanks to Anthony and a little snarl and sneer at Ray. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com.